Hi, my name's Emmy. And I'm Kayla. We've been best friends since college, where we found out we had a lot in common. We were both vibrant communications majors who met at a leadership camp. We've shared some of life's major milestones together, from living together in college, first loves and breakups, to each of our weddings, and now we even have our own families. I recently moved back from North Carolina after living there for four years. We now live in the same town again. One of the biggest things that's connected us have been our pasts dealing with trauma. I struggled with an eating disorder for a lot of my childhood and an early adulthood. And I was sexually assaulted by a family member over a long course of time as a young kid. We wanted to start this podcast not only to share our stories with the world, but to give other people the opportunity to share their stories and give them a voice. No matter your age, race, or gender, everyone has a story, and we're here to break down barriers constructed by today's taboo society. This is Motherful. Powerful moms, powerful topics. Alrighty, it's Emmy here today with Kayla. Hi. And today we're talking about something that I think is very talked about in today's society, actually. I think I think a lot of people talk about this now, mm-hmm. more so than maybe when we were in high school or college, but we're talking about toxic relationships. Dun, dun, dun. But we're going to start out with pros of the things that are going well in our lives. And Kayla, why don't you go first? Sure. My brother left for college in two days ago. He's the youngest of the family, and he is now uh, attending IUP for finance. So well, I didn't even know he was going for finance. Yeah. he Well, it was nursing, and then he changed his mind back to accounting finance, but then he changed it back to nursing. Then he was just going to skip college altogether and open up his own contracting business, but then he changed his mind, and he's going back for financing. Yeah, I, I, we talk about your brother quite a bit in his educational plans, and I think mm-hmm. in the past two months, maybe you've told me every single time we've talked about it, different things that he was planning on doing, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's his goal for right now. So, whoop, whoop to him. I told him to call me if he needs help on his homework, because I would love to help him with his homework. You would love to help him with his math homework? Any kind of college homework. Like, I would love to just learn with him. So. Don't you think that you have enough going on in your life? True, true, but still, learning is a is a plus. I'm surprised, actually, that he picked, like, you know, he could change it yeah. until next week, but I always felt like he would pick something more along the criminal justice lines, honestly, because I knew at one point he wanted to be a state trooper. Yeah, I think my mom talked to him about that, though, for how dangerous it is, Um, so he's thinking more or less if he goes into financing, he can go into, like, taxing. Preparing taxes, accounting, he could work pretty much anywhere in the accounting section of their business. So that's, and we'll see how it goes. It doesn't sound anything interesting to me, but to each their mm-hmm. own. I'm yeah, not true. a math person. It's not, couldn't do it, sorry. But Yeah, no, thanks. My pro, I guess, that I have going on in my life is, I don't actually know that I've told you about this, but I've been working on becoming very more in tune with myself and my spirituality. Mm-hmm. I've okay. been looking into paganism. Oh, do you know what that is? I've heard of it. It's not okay. So it's classified as a religion, but I yeah. don't personally look at it as a religion. It's more about personal experience. Like there are communal aspects about it, but to me, what I'm going for is more of a getting in touch with myself in mm-hmm. terms of being aligned with nature and the universe 
And it's really just a self-discovery of becoming the best version of myself that I can be. Oh, wow. Okay. Isn't that like Greek? Isn't it like a Greek religion or Greek sort Um, of thinking? I'm pretty new with the whole thing, so it could be. There are a lot of different branches about it. I have a book Mm -hmm. that Cameron just got me for my birthday. It's Paganism for Beginners. So I'm reading about that and reading about the different practices. Like there's one practice that's like really strict that they only allow women into it. Oh, wow. But that's more of the like the stricter version. But the type that I would classify myself as is called an eclectic pagan that I'm doing it more just solo by myself without Mm -hmm. joining into a larger communal aspect about it. So a lot of it, it branches out into a lot of different things, but like a branch of it is Wicca and witchcraft and magic. Mm -hmm. I don't personally think that I will go down that route, but looking into the nature and, you know, just being thankful that I'm here and being thankful for the earth that I live on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That's a very good positive. It is. So we're talking about toxic relationships today. And Kayla did a lot of this outlining because Kayla's type A. And so we're going to read <laughs> off bullet points and talk about the different types of toxic relationships here. Uh, There are a lot. uh, I think the number one thing when people think of toxic relationships is they think about intimate relationships. Yes. They think about a marriage between a Mm -hmm. a man, a woman, a man, a man, about the things and traits that people do that are not so great in a relationship. But there Mm -hmm. are also my personal story that I'm going to share later is about toxic friendships Mm -hmm. and also toxic family. Toxic family is a, a pretty big one, too. However, all three relationships, according to Healthline.com, share a lot of different signs. And I don't know about you and your toxic friendship relationship, but I saw a lot of these in my toxic relationship that I was in. Uh, Lack of support, toxic communication, like hostility and sarcasm. I know that was some sarcasm was one of the things I think you've experienced in your toxic friendship a little bit. Jealousy, controlling behaviors, resentment, dishonesty. That was a big one for mine. Disrespect, constant stress, negative financial behaviors, and lost relationships or hope for change. I know lost relationships was definitely another sign in my relationship, toxic relationship. Mm. And let's see, we have here abuse versus, I'm not going to lie, I did not read all of these bullet (laughs) points before we started recording, so I'm reading directly off the page here. It says abuse versus toxicity signs. And is this still from healthline.com? Yes. That you got yep. these from? Okay. So you have diminished self-worth, mm-hmm. chronic stress, anxiety, separation from friends and family, fear and intimidation, name calling and put downs, financial control and restrictions, gaslighting, which I honestly like gaslighting to me is is very a new term so I Mm -hmm. when I hear the word word gaslighting I know it is in a negative context but I cannot use it in a sentence Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have here questions question your own feeling sanity and accuse you of being one Mm -hmm. yeah so like my ex did this to me a lot like when I would bring up like him cheating he would call me the 
the controlling one or the stressful one or that I was the one who had the problem, not him, that he was a cheating, lying son of a gun. I was the one who was the cheating one because I didn't trust him or trust him. So that's kind of what gaslighting. Okay, so it's a kind of like turning it back on the other person, even yeah. though you're the one with the negative thing going on. Yep, like reverse psychology. All right, so threats of self-harm is also on here, and physical violence. Mm -hmm. And you do have that the, if anyone is in a physical violence, and that is one of the the major ones people think of whenever they think of toxic relationships, toxic abuse, Mm -hmm. is there's a national domestic violence hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E-E, S-A-F-E, said that wrong. There you go. (laughs) Or text START to 88788, and I will put all of this information in the show notes whenever I get around to doing that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the ways to move on and get out of a toxic relationship, do you want to save that for last and go through our stories first? Sure, we can do that. Okay. So we're going to remind me to come back to that whenever we're we're getting done there. Yeah, well, so we'll put our listeners through our, our trauma of our toxic relationships and then give them advice on how to get out. Or how we got out. (laughs) I love all the trauma. (laughs) So like I said, my toxic relationship that I was personally in that I struggled with was with an ex. I have no clue where this ex is right now. I know that the woman, well, I'll get into that later. I just get too excited, mad, and frustrated just thinking about this person. So as all toxic, really, all relationships begin, it was love at first sight. It was perfect. It was freshman year of college. I lived in Wilkinson Dorm at Clare University, and that dorm is no longer there, sad face. But he was a floor above me, and I lived on the the third floor. He lived on the fourth floor. And we met in the laundry room doing laundry, and it was just like we clicked, or so I thought. Uh, However, the first night we were together, he lied to me about a lot of things, but I kind of like fell in it because... I was awestruck. It was like the first month of college. And I'm like, oh, I got all these classes and this guy's recognized me and he's not from my hometown type thing. So we're just kind of spiraling into events. Christmas Eve was that same year, mind you, was the first time that he cheated. So it wasn't, so we met in like August, like I said. So Christmas, August, October, November. So four months into our dating relationship, so to speak. He went home for the holidays, and I found out through the wonderful app Snapchat that he had spent the weekend with his ex-girlfriend, who, mind you, was 17 at the time, and we were 19, 19 in college. She was two or or three younger, younger than him. He promised that nothing happened, and when he came back from that Christmas break, he got me a promise ring. But side note, why the hell would you post it on Snapchat? I It was a picture, I remember specifically, it was a picture of him and her playing guitar in his room. Dumbass. Yes. So I was very skeptical and very heartbroken at that because I was very concerned that he was cheating, that he had slept with her. But he got me a promise ring and he came back and he convinced me that he loved me, that he would never do anything like that to me. And we went on. Well, a year later, he dropped out of college for financial reasons, allegedly. I think he just failed all of his classes and didn't give two hoots about school. So that summer he dropped out of college, we, he talked me into running a house together with him, and I got him a job of where it worked. 
when I say convinced, I mean, it was mostly me paying the bills, mostly me bringing in the paycheck until he got a job. However, after that summer, he left, he went home and he really started to distance himself from me. Even while we were living together that summer, I would come home from work and he would be playing video games all the time. And that is all he ever did. And that's when I first began taking up running. And it seemed like we never saw each other and that we were just complete strangers and he really relied on me for a paycheck. But he again convinced me otherwise that he loved me and that it was just a hard time in our relationship. Um, Well, that fall he moved back home. And while I remember I was at work, it was the midnight shift at Subway. I was on the phone talking to his ex because we had become friends, oddly enough. And she came out and told me that she couldn't keep the secret anymore. And that the first year that him and I were together, that Christmas he came home, they had slept together. And she sent me that through a text. And I remember I was standing at the counter making macadamia nut subway cookies when she texted me that. So I found that out. He tried to make me look like the bad guy. Like I was digging up the past that if I would have let things go, this would have never came out. That I was the one who didn't trust him. Well, I'm like, oh, I didn't trust you in the first place because you cheated. Um, but he, again, begged for forgiveness and I forgave him. Well, that next summer, he got a new job at a gas station and he started hanging out with the girl manager. I can't remember her name, but I could see her face because I remember she had red hair and she had really big boobs. And I was Mm -hmm. very jealous of that. Well, one summer day, his car or something, his mom's car that he was borrowing, apparently broke down. And so he spent the night with her and he slept with her and cheated again. But again, it was my fault that he cheated because we're not together and he was lonely and I told him like I wanted to break up with him he's like well he didn't care if we broke up or not but I didn't want that in the end so I at that point begged him back and this is where the chronic stress and the anxiety came because I knew he didn't have a cell phone plan because I cut him off of mine and he was texting people through this texting app and I knew all of his passwords I knew how to log in so I'd log into all of his texting apps, his Snapchat, and I would check on who he was messaging constantly. Or I would check on who he was sending pictures to constantly. Well, we did get back together again. And this time we tried to finance a car together because we con- he convinced me that if he had a car to see me, that maybe he wouldn't be so off to cheating. That sounds pretty, pretty bad. Hmm. But I couldn't, I couldn't co-sign for him because I was still in school. And this is when the gaslighting still happened. And this is when the name calling started. He started calling me very bad names and very, it was very degrading. And this is one of the points in time in our relationship that I relapsed with my eating disorder. Didn't he used to say things to you that were harmful to your eating disorder? Like, yes, yes. There were times where like, he would say, I can't wrap my arms around you because you're too big. And he was probably maybe 90, 110 pounds, five, six. He was frail and skinny. And he would make comments that, oh, those pants look fat on you or your arms look chubby. So, like, he was very, very triggering in a sense for eating disorder the whole time. I don't understand how people could, like, eating disorder aside, like, shut the fuck up, you know? Don't make mm-hmm. comments about another person's body like that. Yep. 
Yeah. And this whole time I dated him, my parents and even you told me to get out. But I was just, I had my blinders on. Like it, he was, I was so under his control and I just couldn't get out. Well, then the last, the junior year of college that summer, after him cheating twice that I knew of, I came to find out it was much more than that. He joined a band and he was caught again staying with a girl member of that band. And so at that point in time, I was like, that's it. I'm done. And I broke it off with him. Well, uh, fun fact, he ended up marrying that girl in 2018. They are now divorced. This is where the drums click comes in. They're divorced. Um, And his ex-wife and I actually still keep in touch because she came to me for advice when she started seeing the toxic relationship patterns with him. And I told her to get out as soon as she could. And she did. I I would like to to make a note that she has been contacting you for a long time. And even whenever they first got together was trying to be friends with you. And I always thought that that was super strange. Yes. Well, I mean, even though they did cheat and everything, like I, I'm always one of those people, like I still see the good in people. And I actually helped her write her wedding vows. (laughs) Did they invite you to their wedding or something? No, I was not invited. They got married very low key. I think it's just like a courthouse thing. But yeah, I helped her uh, write her wedding vows. But yeah, we still keep in touch. And I'm very happy for her. She's doing so much better now. And I'm very happy that she's in a healthy, loving relationship and couldn't wish the best for her. But yeah, after I found out he cheated with me with her, like that was just it. Like I was done and I got out. And that I would was like my... to, to make a note for our listeners yeah. that... Kayla and I lived together one summer in college and uh, her ex-boyfriend also lived with us during this time period and refused to get a job or do anything. But all of this aside, like you guys dated for a long time in college. And Mm -hmm. what I always told you and tell you to this day, no matter who you're with, what you're doing, I am team Kayla. I am not team you and your ex-boyfriend I'm not you team and anyway I am team Kayla so whatever you feel in your heart that you need to do even if I disagree and I think you're it's not the best choices for you I'm Mm -hmm. still going to support you because that's how much I love you yes and I would do the same for you team Emmy all the way but I wish someone would have told me after three years of being with this guy that he was a piece of shit. And I well, just your parents, to... your parents yeah. did all along. <clears throat> Listen to your parents. They know what's best for you. Sometimes, as long as your parents aren't the toxic ones. But... True. Well, Lee, let's, um, let's see. So, yeah, that was my toxic experience. And like I said, listen to others around you. And when you see the signs, ask for help, get help. And just plain simple, move on. And it's easier said than done. It took me three years. But I still have PTSD from him. Like, if I see something of his, like, and that brings up a memory, like, oh, that makes me want to punch a wall. But. I mean, all those things aside, like, take out the the cheating aspect of it. Mm-hmm. it even that story without the cheating, because I think so many people are, think cheating, autumn, toxic, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But all of the other things in that story were still toxic, even if it didn't go inside with domestic abuse or cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't supportive. He wasn't financially supportive when we lived together. He wasn't supportive of my mental health in general. And I hate to say this, but a lot of our relationship, I think, was driven by sex. Like, that's one thing he wanted. 
and that's what he was he if he got it as long as he got it that was the main reason why I was his girlfriend at the time I think that's all it was really Mm. but and me being clingy and not liking change and thinking that I could change someone to be a better person obviously you cannot yes yes very true the only pros that I would say of your ex-boyfriend especially with him living with us were he made really good steak yeah he made mm-hmm. dinner one night, and that was really good. And I liked his PlayStation that he had there. Like, I oh. learned how to play Call of Duty. And, <laughs> I, yeah, there was a night or two that I stayed up all night playing his PlayStation. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I don't see any pros looking back besides becoming a stronger person in general. But, yeah. Yeah. So that was an intimate relationship, toxic, toxic, toxic relationship. Let's look at friendships. All right. So my story of my toxic friendship was I when I lived in North Carolina, I met a girl that I worked with and she was new to the area and she was also from Pennsylvania. So we had a lot in common in terms of what we could talk about in our experience moving from Pennsylvania to North Carolina. She was super fun and energetic and she had we shared similar interests and she also had a dark past. She had an ex-boyfriend that was the reason that she actually moved to Pennsylvania is because he was abusive towards her and she just moved to get away from him and and mm-hmm. I I kind of almost am drawn to people that I can share similar experiences with in terms mm-hmm. of them not being super cookie cutter. Mhm. For example, one of my good friends, Alyssa, when I first met her, she was very sweet and bubbly. And I was like, okay, but what else? Like, I need to know some dirt (laughs) on you to know if I can be friends with you because I can't be friends with people that are just perfect, perfect people, you know. But I delayed my friendship with this girl that I worked with because I had so many things going on with being a mom, being in a, a relationship, being a manager at work. And I, I had a lot of friends already that not a lot, but I had good friends that I was like, I don't really know if I can give more of my friendship piece out mm-hmm. to people. But we eventually did start hanging out. And my current friends that I had really loved her. Like we all got along very well. But Cameron actually told me very early on to this friendship to be careful of her. Mm-hmm. Cameron has a, that I don't have. He has a, a way of reading people and kind of seeing past what they're presenting. So, and I don't have that. I, I, <laughs> nope, I, I don't have that piece. I can't pick He's it up. He's a good poker face reader. Yeah. But we, we did a lot of things together. We worked together uh, outside of work. We went to the gym. We spent holidays together. She would come over to my house after work and we would have sleepovers. We, she didn't have a car, so I would give her rides to places And I even set her up with one of my single friends. Um, She she was a a bit of a a partier, I would say. Mm -hmm. She was a couple years younger than me. She didn't have any kids. So our lifestyles were pretty different. Whenever she wasn't at working or hanging out with me, she was usually drinking, going to parties, that kind of thing. And I started noticing that the farther that she got into it, she kind of 
took that to too much of an extreme and she would have blackouts like oh, the wow. one night she uh was on she was high from weed and the one night I was hanging out with her and the next day she had no recollection of that happening mm-hmm. and like that, that first of all that shouldn't happen on marijuana you should not get yeah. that blackout that like that shouldn't happen that's not the intended person purpose mm-hmm. to me of marijuana but um she, when she dated one of my friends they only dated for a couple weeks and then she kind of like ghosted him and he took that very hard and he was I was so friends with her at this point and he was coming to me like oh I don't know why she did this or this like he didn't understand and I didn't really have any answers to give him mm-hmm. but almost immediately after she ended things with my friend she met a new guy and he was rich mm-hmm. and that's whenever it started becoming evident of who she really was and who she wanted to be she when she started dating this new guy she started being really flaky and she would cancel plans like for example one night we had plans to go to the gym and I was already at the it was her gym at her apartment complex and I was already there waiting for her and she was like oh I'm running late oh I'm running late and then like 45 minutes into it she's like yeah something came up I can't come oh geez and I was already at the gym and she Mm -hmm. started coming materialistic uh, her boyfriend was rich and he would buy her things all the time. Like, do you know what a Birkin bag is? Nope. He bought her a Birkin bag. And I don't know if it was a real Birkin bag or a knockoff because I did look up Birkin bags because I didn't know what it was at the time either. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He's like, oh, like, he bought me a Birkin bag. And I was like, what the hell's a Birkin bag? Mm-hmm. And it's this bag that costs thousands of dollars. Like, jeez. Oh, like the most expensive. And they're very limited. They're limited production. And so sometimes they go for upwards of $25,000. Oh, my gosh. So that kind of makes me think that maybe it was not a real broken bag. But then she started ghosting work and ghosting our friendship a little bit. And the incident that happened, she didn't come into work one day that she was scheduled. And that wasn't like her. And then she was like, oh, I got exposed to COVID and I have to be out for COVID leave. This was, you know, two years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And three weeks went by and she had no communication with me, with our store manager, with anyone. And she was still posting things on social media like Mm -hmm. nothing had happened. But we couldn't do anything because she claimed COVID and work had to abide by certain laws and regulations. Mm -hmm. So three weeks went by with no communication to any of us. And then she was fired for lack of job abandonment. And I was sent to get the keys from her. I, I was the, like the closest person that was friends with her. She was also a manager. And so they sent me to get the keys from her. And when we saw each other, she acted like nothing had happened. She was like, oh, how you doing? Best friends. Like, call me and let's hang out. And it's like, you spent three weeks not talking to me. Mm-hmm. You, you you ghosted everyone. And I don't exactly know what the post was that she made on Facebook then. But my other friend, Alyssa, and her got into a feud over Facebook about, it was something about ethics between friendships and relationships. And she, like, she was um. not doing what she said she was doing. Yeah. 
And after that, I decided to unfollow her. I didn't keep talking to her. I didn't become, I didn't, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I can't spend any, because it hurt. It hurt a lot of that. She would just uh, become flaky and then abandon me as soon as she got new friends and a new boyfriend that would pay all this money. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. And then probably two months-ish after that went by, I looked on my bank statement online and I had a $20 DoorDash charge that were not from Cameron and I. And I put the pieces together that we had at one point when I was hanging out with this girl, used my card on her phone to order DoorDash Mm -hmm. months and months prior. Yeah. And so I had this $20 charge and I obviously like I had to get that money back and at that point I needed $20 was 20 like $20 was pretty important to me at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged her and I was like, hey, I uh, did was this you can I get this and I wasn't trying to accuse her but she was like, oh my gosh, yes, it was me. I'm so sorry. And after like, I was like, okay, I'd like to get my money back. <laughs> And she turned it into this huge fight. And she was like, well, I want my sweater back that I let you borrow. And I don't know what Alyssa told you, but this, this, and this. And I'm like, I don't have anything to do with Alyssa. And mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm, I want you to know that I'm I'm doing great without you. I was like, okay, I'm glad you're doing great. And I yeah, it was, it was a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And I met with her. And then again, she kind of acted like nothing had happened when I went to meet up with her to get my money back from her. And I made sure I canceled that card and, you know, made sure she couldn't have access to my card again. But when she started acting like that, it started making me question all of my other friendships that I had made. Like, do these people actually even like me or are they just using me? Like, was she using me for rides? Was she using me for connections to people? Mm -hmm. And it, it, really hurt me and my friend that he I tried setting her up with he was messaging me like oh I'm so and it's like bro like I can't talk about her anymore because she hurt you but she also really hurt me Mm -hmm. and I don't think that she acknowledges that like she doesn't understand that she hurt me and I think that's a a good point to make is that like just because I felt in that situation that what she was doing was toxic and hurtful to me she doesn't acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think your ex-boyfriend acknowledged that either. No. No, I remember he made a comment about a month, a couple months after we broke up. Because he had, I had so much of his stuff that he just left from when he moved that he needed to come drive back down the Clarion to get. I remember him saying, like, you know, like, you still taught me a lot about life. And, like, you know, I really did love you, right? And I remember thinking and I'm telling him, like, if you loved me, you wouldn't have cheated or you wouldn't have hurt me like you did. Like, if you actually cared, you wouldn't have done the things you did. Like, a lot of people who are the toxic ones don't realize that their behaviors are toxic. Yeah. I will say, though, and I thought of a really great example for this. Just because something is toxic to one person doesn't mean it actually is toxic to everyone. Mm-hmm. And the True. example that I thought of was. My husband is very quick to anger. Like he he just sees red. Like his his perma mode. If something is, he gets frustrated very quick. Mm-hmm. So he sometimes like will just explode. But I and some people that have had really bad experiences with that explosion, either domestic violence or it's just a trigger for them for other things. That is very a toxic trait mm-hmm. for yeah. them. But for me. 
being a co uh, communications major, and I'm a very patient person. I learned that from my dad. I don't find that toxic. I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go and you need to just take a breather. Go sit in your car, mm -hmm. like sit, listen to some music for a little bit, and let's come back. Let's come mm -hmm. back and discuss what's really going on and what's upsetting you. But for some people, like, that would be a, a super red flag and just leave. But because I know how to handle him, we've been together almost six years at this point, it's not a red flag or toxic to me because I, mm -hmm. I've worked through all that with him. Yeah, I agree. And it is something that everyone needs to know what their flaws are. He knows that that's his, one of his flaws. And he we continue to, to work on it. He continues to work on it and find ways that he can be calmer and working on controlling that. And I want to be able to work through it with him and we want mm -hmm. to both become better people better people together yeah. yeah and that's how positive loving relationships should be not toxic ones yeah so the last one that we're gonna briefly discuss here I don't think either of us want to go into specific examples because our families listen to this podcast but examples of what toxic families look like Mm -hmm. is someone that doesn't accept you for your choices, which is very strong and very prevalent in the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. People that choose a certain lifestyle and then their families don't agree with that because it's outside of what they consider the norm. Mm -hmm. But that could be even, it's not even a, a sexuality choice. It could be something as your job choice or where yep. you choose to live or who you, who you choose to marry. Right, who you choose mm -hmm. to live your life with and how you choose to do that. Mm -hmm. Another trait is them comparing you to other siblings or other family members. Like, oh, Johnny, by the time he was 30, had his whole life put together. And just because you, everyone in the standard is supposed to have a house and a white picket fence doesn't mean that's for everyone. Everyone lives their own life differently the way they want to. Another toxic family trait would be ultimatums. And I know that that's a big one in relationships, too. Like, y you don't love me unless you do this. Unless yep. you have sex with me right now, you don't love me. Mm -hmm. But it could be something like, oh, oh I should have thought of an example for this one. Or a family ultimatum. Um, if you don't go and get a job and support your bills for living in this house, then you don't love this family. Or if you don't come home for Christmas, you don't love us. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah. a lot of it comes down to that love. Acting like victims about your choices. Like you, cho you have to choose what is best for your life and your lifestyle. And families can act like you're doing this because of them. You, you, it, it's called similar to ultimatums. Like, oh, you're only moving away because you don't love us. You know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But yeah. When you're really just trying to get a better opportunity, better job offers for yourself, better yeah. lifestyle that fits with what you want. And then making things about themselves. And that's it all coincides like you're doing this because of me or if you don't call me, you know, like, you know, it, it's not all about you. My choices are not or anyone's choices are not about their their parents, their siblings and that. Mm hmm. And then I have one healing from toxic families can sometimes look like detaching. If you are in a, a negative, it's the same thing as in a relationship. You, mm -hmm. 
if you see toxic signs, sometimes what you have to do is break up or walk away from that situation until you, they are ready to kind of see where you're coming from and seeing your viewpoints. Yep. Also, and that's one of uh, the top ways to move and get out of a toxic relationship, too, is just moving on. Yeah. And that can be it's so hard, you know, it can I'm sure, you know, breaking up with your ex. How many times did you break up with them until you had enough? Yeah, I can't even count on one hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it, though, was like I felt like like he made me feel like I was such a bad guy that I was usually one begging for him to take me back where it should have been the other way around. Which same should, with like, yeah, yeah. Let's say like some family members, some family members are just so they put you in a, such a toxic point where like you feel like you're the, such the bad guy that you need to make it up to the family or make it up to the friend. Yeah. Doing things like avoiding triggers when it comes to your family. So if being in a place is a trigger for you, if talking to certain family members are a trigger for you, you don't have to put yourself in those situations. Meet at a mutual place instead of where the certain person is or avoiding talking about that one certain topic. If it's, oh, you don't have the job that you went to college for, just don't talk about your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And those points on how to get out of toxic families are kind of the same ways to get out of a toxic relationship. Um, don't dwelling on the past. I know I dwelled on the past a lot after ending my toxic relationship and that just kind of made me feel guilty. So making sure like when you're dwelling on the past, like the past is in the past. Um, if you're trying to make things better with a toxic person, although this is going to be very, very hard, view the partner with compassion, try to kill them with kindness, so to speak, and start therapy together. Try to work on the issues, the toxic behaviors together to try to fix them. Find a good support system in your family, with the community, or friends, and practice healthy communication, like working with the toxic person to explain, hey, these behaviors you're doing or these things that you're doing, they hurt me, and trying to get them to understand how you feel. Also, trying to help them be accountable for their own actions and you being accounting for theirs, and ultimately try to heal individually if you do have to get out of that toxic relationship. Don't worry about um, how the other person is going to do because you're deciding to move on focus on how you need to heal yeah I did have an ex-boyfriend and I don't think our relationship was super toxic but and when I was in high school I had an ex-boyfriend that after I had broken up with him he wrote me a letter and was like threatening to self-harm and mm-hmm. if I didn't get back together with him and at that point I had to say you know the, your choices are your choices I cannot be responsible for your actions anymore I'm sorry like I'm mm-hmm. doing what's best for me. I need you to do what's best for you. And I can't be a part of that. Yep. Yep. I agree. And I think like kind of putting myself out there and owning my crap. Like I, I remember saying that to my ex at one point in time saying like, I can't live without you type thing, trying to make him feel guilty for his behaviors and how they were impacting me. But ultimately it was just another way to try to make myself better for things that he's done. There's also, I found it's called the gray rock method. And I don't know that this would work in relationships, mm-hmm. but as far as families go, if you still want to be a, a part of their lives, have them a part of yours, but there is something that is a trigger and it's, it's toxic to you. It's mm-hmm. making that thing seem uninteresting, changing the topic or not oversharing about that part of your life. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, about your job, don't share about your job. Don't tell them what's going on. Just 
change the topic to something that is a mutual, hey, how's your job? Like, turn it back on them, you know? Don't mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to talk about the things that they're trying to make you talk about. Yeah, I agree. And if you're in a toxic relationship, whether it's family, a friend, or an intimate relationship, try to re- recognize the signs that we had mentioned earlier between being a toxic relationship and an abusive relationship. If the behaviors are getting more physical, if they are causing you more mental harm than most, then you're probably in an abusive relationship and need to seek additional support as soon as you can. It's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think, what do you think, though? If you're in what you can identify as a toxic relationship, do you feel like there is any saving, the you know, abuse aside, Is there ways that you can go about getting back on track and not having a toxic relationship? I mean, in my example, I don't think there is. That person, he was just the way he was raised, the relationships that he has been in and he has seen molded his personality and his behaviors. And that was beyond change in my point of view. Like he, the way he treated me was that's how he viewed what love was because that's what he was raised in the house he was raised in and things that he's seen so like he it's not like he didn't know better but it was just kind of like Pavlov's dog like he was just trained that that was that was how love was supposed to be I'm sure in other people's instances I think change is always possible time and the right support but in my personal case I don't think he could have been changed I mean apparently he was he got married for however many years but and then the same things happened and they're now divorced Divorced. yeah I think it's a it's a lot of is the person a person-to-person case their Mm -hmm. mentality of how open-minded they are to be able to recognize what their flaws are like I recognize what my flaws are and I am constantly trying to think of ways that I can work and improve myself Mm -hmm. but if the person that is toxic is not willing to do that and doesn't recognize that what they're doing is toxic to x person Mm -hmm. I don't know that, you know, there's a way to get out of that. Yeah. Well, how would you, what advice would you give to someone who, say, has a toxic friend or a toxic family member who you necessarily, like, you can't just move on from? Like, it's an immediate family member or it's a friend that lives next door. So, one of my biggest things, I guess, and I don't know that I'll ever learn this skill, is my husband is very good about reading people and maybe listening a little bit more to what he has to say. I know it's not listening to everything he has to say, Mm -hmm. but also taking into consideration, like there were red flags from the beginning Mm -hmm. that I guess you just need to be more aware of. And I think a lot of people are nowadays becoming more aware of what is, you know, there's that Facebook thing that goes around the, this is red flags and all of the red flags that mm-hmm. went after it, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's person to person, you know? It's hard. It's easy sort of to walk away from a friendship because there's not much ties with mm-hmm. that person. But I think just recognizing that you don't have to put up with certain people, you yeah. know? I agree. I'm trying to think of a, a good family yeah that's a tough one I mean I think the the methods that I did give were pretty helpful in healing from toxic family members but Mm -hmm. 
it's as much as you want to put into it that the other person does. Like, if you can identify that your dad is a super toxic person, but you still want him in your life, you need to be able to separate what things are toxic and what are not. And you need to be able to have conversations and set up boundaries with that person. Mm -hmm. True. Oh, I was watching this movie last night with my husband and I have a rip in my jeans. Oh, that's side note. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I was watching this movie with my husband last night and it just made me think of a toxic relationship between mother and daughter. It was called hooking up and it's about this woman who has a sex addiction and she goes on this road trip with a cancer patient and basically they go and they visit all this 169 spots that she had sex in the past like couple years. And they do it because this guy has cancer and they don't know if he's going to live it or not. But at the end of the movie, it goes back to this girl's trauma, how that her sex addiction stems from the toxic relationship she had with her mom and her mom's own addiction with sex. And at the end of the movie, the girl goes back and she confronts her mom and says, hey, I think I have this issue and I think you have it too. And I think in order for the both of us to heal our relationship, we need to focus on healing from our addiction. And they both ended up going to sex addiction therapy groups. And the girl, of course, it's a happy ending. She goes a year without sex and then she falls in love with the cancer patient and he beats cancer and everything's a happy ending. But just to prove that, that the mom and daughter had a toxic relationship because they had their own trauma that they were dealing with, their own addiction so to speak, that they needed to heal from first in order to heal their relationship. I think it's it's especially hard. And way to go, spoiler alert, if I ever wanted to watch that movie. Sorry. You ruined the whole thing now. The the main girl is the uh, redheaded singer from Pitch Pitch Perfect. I don't don't know people. It's a good movie. Check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think it's so hard, especially about you know, mother, daughter, child, and parent, is that even as an adult, and I feel this way about my own mother, it's, you feel like you can't really talk about certain things, because you'll still get in trouble, like, you don't want to question their authority, even though that you're still an adult. Yeah, I agree. Like, you always, you always have that sense of, you need to look up to them, and you need to make them proud. And I I think it's, you could have, uh, most people do, I think, have different opinions and different outlooks than their parents do, but then it's it's difficult to disagree in that same arena with them because you, mm-hmm. just because you think differently, you do differently doesn't mean that they're wrong necessarily, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. But keynote from toxic relationships, recognize the signs and recognize when to get out or seek help. Good point. Good key points. Any last thoughts or comments? Hmm. I should make final notes before I'm doing my notes. I guess knowing what you stand for and knowing what you can and can't put up with is something even I'm still working on, you know, you have to be able to draw your own lines and recognize your own triggers Mm -hmm. and being able to stand up for those things and not putting up with them in any relationship that you're in. I agree. That's a very good point. Like know your self-worth. I think that's one of the main reasons why I stayed with my ex so long is because I felt like I was only worthy of his love and I could not get be with anybody else. 
So definitely knowing your self-worth and knowing, like you said, what you're willing to deal with personally in any kind of relationship. Like if you're okay with your husband and boyfriend cheating, okay, check that off the list. If you're not, Mm -hmm. good for you too. I don't know how many people are okay with it. Open relationships. That's different though. That's not cheating then if it's an open relationship. All right. Way to bring Will Smith and Jada (laughs) Pinkett Smith into this. But way to end the toxic relationships on a positive note, I guess. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Motherful, Powerful Moms, Powerful Topics. And we'll be back with you. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Motherful Podcast, and send us anything that you want to talk about, any topic ideas, anything, any stories. We would love to hear from people about their personal stories, you know. That's what I think we started this podcast because we want to be able to help people and we want to be able to share whatever everyone has going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a very, very healing thing to be able to talk about what you've gone through and how you've overcome it. All right. Did I think did yeah. I anything else? No, nope. that's it. Nope. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.